Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives Podcast with Graham Cook. I'm your host, Michael Becchio. Today I'm featuring the episode, Prayer That Overwhelms, from our series Sacred Space on Brilliant TV. As I've mentioned on the podcast the last couple weeks, this was a special series I did with Graham a couple years ago and then got to share with our Brilliant community on BTV. Graham and I spent a few days in his meditation space together. It was a ton of fun, preparing to share a behind-the-scenes look at the things that have been an integral part of his journey and his unfolding story with the Lord over the decades. This episode focuses on some of his prayer patterns, his heart with the Lord in prayer, and a candid look at important elements of his prayer life in the secret place. I'm sharing a portion of it here for the podcast, but you can find the full episode and the rest of the Sacred Space series on Brilliant TV. I encourage you to check it out. It was incredibly helpful and encouraging for me in my own journey. I'll include a link in the description for you. And one other important thing, I will be running a free live online event with Graham's wife, Teresa Cook, and the incredible Jenny Taylor. It will be this coming Wednesday, December 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And if you can't join that time live, no worries. There will be a replay available and continuing community interaction. A bit about this event, it's a new event called an impartation event, which will focus on going deeper and soaring higher from the insights and revelations in Graham's teachings. Together, we'll explore how to implement them in our life and journey with God, gain significant traction, and see real transformation in our lives from the things we're learning. It's going to be a powerful time that you won't want to miss. With time for guided interaction and community discipleship, this is going to be a chock-full 90-minute free event. I would love to see you there. I'll put a link for that in the description as well, so go check out that link for info, and I would love for you to sign up. It would be so great to connect with you as part of our podcast community and get to see some of your faces. And hey, invite some of your friends too. This is going to be a powerful lifestyle to walk out in Jesus and doing it in community is a great way to do that. So visit gobrilliant.tv slash impartation event. No spaces or dashes. Again, that's gobrilliant.tv slash impartation event. And as I mentioned, I put the link for it in the description of this episode for you as well. Many blessings, and I hope you really enjoy this. Catch you soon. Hello and welcome to our continuing series on sacred space from my meditation suite. I really hope you're enjoying uh, the dynamic of this room and what it means for me and also thinking about what it produces for you. This is my space with the Lord. I don't do any uh, scheduling here, no office work, no administration, no business. This is all about prayer and writing and worship and the creativity in this room and how we've designed the room so that no matter where I'm standing or sitting, I'm feeding off the creativity that the Father and I have put together. So we're talking about prayer today. And um, so we're going to do it in two parts, uh, one standing and one sitting. And, but this is my favorite spot for quickfire prayer. Um, there's a <clears throat> I'm standing and I'm looking at a painting on the wall that was painted by an eight-year-old girl called Akian of the face of Jesus, and it is absolutely astonishing. I like looking at that face, you know. Then just beneath it, there is a globe 
that actually spins, you know? And so I come here when there are things going on in the world that need prayer, then I come, I'm praying to the Lord, but I'm also looking at the, you know, the world is turning in all kinds of different ways. So it's good just to come and pray about a situation, whether it's a bomb gone off somewhere or a disaster or something or a storm or whatever it is, just to come and pray. Add my prayer to the millions of people who would pray for situations like that. But mostly I stand here when I'm kind of stuck in my creativity. And it's like, you know when you're, I know now when I'm pushing it. You know, when it's almost like my mind is kind of overtaking my heart. And I know enough to step away from that. So this is where I come and I just talk to Jesus. And I just say, Lord, you know, I'm stuck here. There's something I'm not seeing. And I'm delighted about that because it's going to open up a conversation between me and you. I trust you. I trust the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I love the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth. So this is three plus me, and I need to know what you're thinking. I need to know what you're feeling in your heart. And so I'll just stand here and pray and, and just ask the Lord and be with the Lord. And so this is like a focal point of communion. And then when I've finished praying, then I'll just walk around and I'll just be worshiping, you know, probably silently, uh, just letting my spirit rise up but it doesn't need my voice to be heard. You know, it's, it's talking in my, in my spirit. Sometimes I walk around here and I'm speaking in tongues. I love speaking in tongues. What a great idea, because it bypasses the brain automatically and it lifts your spirit straight into the, the face of God. So then I walk around until suddenly I feel like there's some wisdom rising up from the inner man of my spirit up into my conscious mind. And then I, uh, I go and I write down what I'm hearing. And usually with God, he likes to be cryptic. You know, he's like, wow, this is gonna take, this is like three lines, but it's gonna take about an hour to unpack. And I'm excited about that, you know, because it means, it, when he says something cryptic, and, and I said, um, the first time he did it, I said, what does that even mean? And he just said, Graham, it's concentrated revelation. Just add water. <laughs> oh, great. Just add water. That's when I asked the Holy Spirit to come and pour himself on it. And then usually I have to sit down and then it's like words are coming up in my spirit. And so I'm writing them, them down rough hand. And then when the flow is finished, then I actually look at it and, uh, you know, and I examine it. And then the Holy Spirit and I go through it together. And then I get more truth. And so sometimes that's when a series maybe gets turned on its head a little bit. And what we had planned at the beginning, we make plans, but we're always glad when God joyfully interrupts. You know? So we like to plan with him, but we love the spontaneity of what he does in a particular moment. And so I stand here, this is where I stand and I pray and I commune with him because I'm expecting creativity. I'm expecting to learn something that I didn't know. I'm expecting to have an encounter with the spirit of truth. So this is where it all happens right here. Um, and it makes me so delighted. 
And the other type of prayer is when I come and sit and it's a little more formal and um, I do it in a different way. So we're going to segue into my chair. So this is the place where I uh, sit and pray and I have a, this is my prayer book with all my prayers written in it. Um, have a Jewish prayer shawl. Um, I like to lean on it. Sometimes I like to put it around me. And it's not because I'm trying to practice some kind of, you know, messianic Christian thing, you know. The truth is about me is I'm a Gentile. I have no, I have no history uh, of uh, uh, is, that Israel had with the Father. No uh, history of the Old Testament in that particular context. Obviously, I love reading the Old Testament because I love all the stories about what God can do. So whether you're old, whether you're in, you know, the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's all about stories. It's all about the ways of God. It's all about people discovering who God is. So I love the Old Testament. I love the New Testament. But I'm a Gentile, and my life in God began from the moment Jesus died and was resurrected. That's when the Gentiles came into the full story of walking with God uh, on the face of the earth. And so, um, so I'm not using this out of any kind of religious sense, you know. Um, I'm very, I'm glad to be a Gentile. So, but I like, and sometimes I like to wear it, like when I'm going through something really tough, because it still means, it still has that sense of covenant for anybody. And uh, so I just love the feel of it. And, uh, but I like leaning on it too. So that's what I'm going to do today. So this is my prayer book. And um, there's a story behind this, uh, like, in the 1970s, 73, 74, I was driving to, from home to um, my church office. And, uh, and I knew the route, you know, I mean, I could do it blindfold, you know. But I'm driving down the familiar road, and then the Lord just said, turn left. I said, but the office is that way. And he went, thanks, Graham, I know, but I do know where your office is. <laughs> okay, then turn left. So I turned left. We're driving down this road, and he said, uh, okay, now turn right. So I turn right. Now turn left again. Now we're in the industrial area with warehouses and factories. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of an assignment. And he said, turn right here and go to the end of the road and go through the gates. So I end up outside this warehouse that's actually closing down and having a sale. So I walked in, and um, the guy there said, oh, if you're here for the sale stuff, this place is almost empty, but there's hardly any. I don't think it's going to be worth your while. So I said, I'll just look around. So I walked around, and there on a shelf um, was this book. And it's called, uh, the name on the side is House Beautiful. And here it just says, all you want from where you live. And the Lord said to me, I want you to buy it. So I bought it for like about 50 cents or something. And I took it away and, and I found a company that did all the inserts. So I got some of those. And, and this has become my prayer book ever since. I love it because it fits in my back pocket. So I can walk around town with it. 
You know, um, I take it on every trip. It's been, this book has been all around the world like my Bible. So, but I love it because everything in here is what the Lord has taught me. And uh, so the first part I'm going to talk to you about really is about living in answered prayer. And my writing is really small, so I'm going to put my glasses on. So living in answered prayer. Um, and there's, there's a great scripture, 1 John 5, 14, 15, that says, this is the assurance we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So for me, this began a journey into praying the prayers that God will answer. So building, I built my prayer life around prayers that God will definitely hear. And, and I love the whole thing of waiting on God to discover his will and then bending all my prayers to that particular objective that he has. Uh, <clears throat> prayers from Scripture especially are catalyst prayers because they create something in us. The scripture tells you what the will of God is, so pray in line with what you read. So in 1978, 78, that's a while back, um, the Lord gave, one of the first scriptures God ever gave me was Isaiah 7, 11. And it, it's this, he just said, Graham, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. And when I was meditating on that, I realized what he was asking me was, you know, write some prayers so that when you feel like you're under pressure, you're being oppressed, or you're in a pit, or you're in some kind of difficulty, make a prayer that actually fits in that deep place. So even if you are feeling like I'm really under intense pressure here, you have a prayer that actually causes you to look up. And then he just said that on other days, we're talking about dreaming. We're talking about identity. So make your prayer as high as heaven. In other words, you know, throw out a prayer that has real height uh, attached to it so that you're looking forward, you're looking about how you're going to grow. I'm expecting to grow from a child to a giant. So I want to be a big friendly giant, except to the enemy. So... I'm looking for prayers that I can grow into um, as I'm living in the Lord. And I love, I love popcorn prayers uh, using Scripture. So one of my favorite prayer chapters in the Bible is Romans 8. It's all about freedom. So here's one of my popcorn prayers from Romans 8.5. Father, set my mind on what the Holy Spirit desires. Simple prayer. I can pray it. If I'm under, you know, if I'm at the start of a day, you feel some of the pressures around you. A popcorn prayer is like, it puts you right there before the throne. Here's another one from Romans 8, 6 to 9. Father, control my life by your spirit. That's it. But I might pray that 12 times a day. Control my life by your spirit today. Romans 8, 14. Father, let me be led by the Holy Spirit of God today. Simple prayer, 
but it creates focus. Romans 8.13 Help me put to death the deeds of the flesh that your life may reign in me. I want you to reign in me. And these are like constant prayers. I pray them, uh, one or two of them, every single day. Romans 6.11, one of my favorite scriptures. Help me, Father, to count myself dead to sin, but to be alive to you this day. Uh, one from the Psalms, I will sing to you, O Lord, for you have dealt bountifully with me. And that's just one of my acts of rejoicing. You're so faithful. You're so abundant. Your favor is so gorgeous. And you have dealt bountifully with me. Thank you. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Father, let me hunger and thirst for righteousness. Renew my mind, dear Lord. Please, Lord, let me love you with all my mind, heart, soul, and strength. You understand what I'm doing here? It's just simple prayers, what I call popcorn prayers. But I pray them constantly and consistently. And so all of these prayers are built up over the years, and I feel... I feel the strength of them now compared to what it was when I first started. It's, it's like it's a gorgeous routine. It's part of the rhythm of my life. Father, may every word, thought, and deed bring you glory today. Dear Lord, allow me to be kind and generous to men who are ungracious. That's straight out of Luke 6.35. Father, would you send your Holy Spirit to encourage me? Father, scorch my heart with the fiery passion of your love. That prayer is courtesy of Mike Bickle. <laughs> I love Mike. And he's so passionate about God. The whole idea, Lord, scorch my heart with your fiery passion. Make a difference in my heart. I love that. This is one of my statements that I like making to the Lord. Father, I believe in your goodness. I rest in your kindness. I trust in your mercy. I receive your grace. When I'm under pressure, that's my statement. That's my spirit statement to the Lord. Father, I believe in your goodness. I rest in your kindness. I trust in your mercy. And I receive your grace. And another prayer when sometimes, you know, in life, people let you down and because they're under pressure and people let you down for all kinds of reasons. And this is the prayer that I guard my heart with. Lord, help me to love when love is not returned. I think I prayed that prayer about a thousand times. <laughs> so those are like simple prayers you know, that I love to pray. Um, and then I have prayers that are based on promises that God has given me in Scripture. So this is one that the Lord gave me in 1977. And this word is still true for me today. I, I read it. Uh, I talk to the Lord about it probably maybe 10 days a year. I talk to him about this. Maybe not the whole day, but I just I set aside time when I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And so one of my um, scripture promises is Isaiah 41, verse 8 to 16. 
I'm going to read it to you because I love it. Isaiah 41, 8 to 16. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have called and taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your righteous right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I have made you a new sharp threshing sledge with double edges, and you will thresh the mountains and pulverize them. You will make the hills like chaff. You will winnow them, and the wind will carry them away, and the storm will scatter them, but you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. It took me about 12 years to really unpack that word, but it's been such a cornerstone um, in my mind, uh, in my life, in my heart. And I've, I've written prayers that directly come out of that. 